Welcome to the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast presented by Manscaped. My guest today, someone that doesn't really need an intro, going to give him one anyway, six-time Pro Bowl tackle, one of the faithful's favorite, Mr. Joe Staley. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Very excited to be here. Can't wait to get started. <laughs> You've got mail. You've got mail. There are some fun fan questions, I promise, but let's talk a little bit about about the current team stuff that's going on right now okay so you retired after the 2019 season and I feel like you've been all go can you talk about the transition from playing to then being in the press box and now I see you on the sidelines every once in a while I still don't think you're a casual fan (laughs) no um yeah it's a weird transition actually when you spend so much time playing football for shoot I started when I was nine years old uh, played 13 years in the NFL, and then it's a weird transition going out into the actual like workforce. Um, so trying to figure out exactly you know where I would want to be, uh, where my skill set could be best utilized, and also just kind of figuring out what that next passion was for me um, was was difficult. So took a year, didn't do anything, enjoyed the family time, and then was like, I need to get out of the house um, and do something. So I did the TV thing. I was something that for me, I was always curious about. I mean, I enjoyed working with the media as a player um, and wanted to kind of experience that other side of it for myself. And so did that for a year, found out, eh, not really for me, um, just because it was just unnatural. And I'm not really that opinionated when it comes to like, the team and offer my opinions on what they should be doing better or worse or you know anything like that so I got out of that so when you go watch games at Levi Stadium now you are no longer in the press box are you down I see you pregame down on the sidelines then do you go off to a suite or where are you no so I've only actually been to the one Uh, I went to the Denver Bronco game in Denver yeah uh, this with a buddy and uh, was there pregame just hanging out and then went to the stands and that was fun. Um, that was my first game actually being in the NFL stadium in the stands. And uh, that was that was a trip because I think it through. I had seats that were on an aisle and everybody in the section was like, holy cow, that's Joe. And so the whole game, everybody passing by. Yeah, everybody was watching the, or I was watching the game, and then everybody that passed by was like, "Can I take a selfie?" You know, ask me questions about the team or whatever. So I didn't really watch a whole lot of it. And then uh, the last game against the Chiefs, uh, it was an alumni game, and so the 2012 team was there, and I sat in again in the stands with my uh, my wife and two kids. Uh, for the first half and then went into a suite for the second half but is that a lot better than sitting in the press box where you have to yeah be cool cool calm collected and can't actually cheer well yeah no not even cool calm collected. you can't say anything i mean that was yeah, like it's pretty quiet in there it was the first time that i had been able to watch the niners as like you know because the first year there was no fans i retired mm-hmm. there was no fans there no one was watching live and so it was my first time watching it live and i got in the press box and i'm like hell yeah let's go like i was <laughs> fired up and then i it's like a library in there like no one says anything everybody's just taking notes um i was still cheering uh but it was a lot a lot more subdued than i wanted to be i think that's okay though just because you're joe staley but yes a lot quieter than I think a lot of people 
would expect. So 49ers have a little bit of downtime this week. It's the bye week. Finally, a lot of people get a chance to just heal up, rest up. When you were a player, were you actually able to unplug during a bye week or do you just not go into the facility? Um, it was like the only time I looked forward to the bye week. I mean, I even got married one season on a bye week. I mean, that talk about unplugging and like that's the most unplugged. <laughs> Wait, I did not know that. Yeah, my uh my wedding anniversary actually was yesterday. Uh nine years. Oh, congrats. But nine years ago yesterday on November second, I got married. It was just like we had a bye week and I was like, let's do it. But with the schedule release not giving you that much time, how did you guys get that together in we time for a bye week? We had 14 people at our wedding. Okay, yeah, that makes so sense. Super, yeah. super small. It was just my family and her family, immediate family only. Um, we we didn't want a big wedding or anything. So, okay, uh, that makes a lot more sense because I was like, that is an impressive feat if you're getting, you know, like a typical yeah, there reception. Was no, there was no one that was involved. It was like I called my family. I was like, hey, come out, we're gonna get married. And they're like, cool. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, always was like. I very important to kind of disconnect from football. This season is really long. You've been going usually since mm-hmm. obviously training camp, uh, end of July, and then just nonstop every single day. Um, so maybe not as important for the guys that are like single, but the guys that have ha- families and kids, you know, you have to really take advantage of that time. So we would always come down to San Diego, um, Encinitas area, uh, in the bye week and spend time as a family and just all that quality time is, is good time. That's great. Well, so that's a little bit different than what I heard from a couple of the guys in the locker room. I was talking to Jimmy Ward as everybody was heading out and he said he was already as of Tuesday reviewing his third week of chargers game tape. So he was not planning on unplugging at all. Well, and Mike, okay. Mike McGlinchey kind of said the same thing. He's like, I'll probably play some golf, but I'm going to be looking at game tape. Well, I would say this, and I mean, in that in that respect, yeah, as, if unplugging is like you're not thinking about football at all, yeah, you can't turn that off. I was just saying, like, actually being present where I was. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Enjoying mean, season, quality time. Yeah. During the season, it's like I came home, I would spend like an hour, like being home dad, you know, husband kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then I was right back to football, watching tape, all that stuff. But yeah, during the bye week, definitely you're going somewhere. I usually love to go once we had no more practice or anything, love to get down to San Diego, go to the beach, enjoy time. Um, and then also loved watching actual football as a fan. I mean, I'm a huge sports fan. So getting the time to watch, yeah, not only college football, but sit at home in front of the TV on Sunday, watch Red Zone, see what everybody else is doing in the, in the league was fun. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, you're still connected to it, but it's important to have that kind of reset. Manscaped is the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. Varying opinions on this question, but do you watch other, as a player, did you watch other teams playing, you know, Monday night, Thursday night football if you weren't playing, if they weren't direct opponents for fun or not so much? Me personally, I watched all kind of football. I, mean, I still do. I, like I watch every game. I mean, I was a f- fanatic of football um, mm-hmm. before I got in the NFL, and uh, you know, my fandom goes back to when I was like five years old. So I'm not going to just turn that off because now I'm playing. You know, I would I would say yeah. that the guys that say no weren't they're they're not fans of 
football in general. They're just doing it because they like playing football. Yeah. Um, or they're just good at football. They don't even really like football. But guys that are actually like passionate about the sport, yeah, they're for sure watching it because it's it's a great sport. It's the greatest sport in the world. I know. I, I find myself watching even though I watch practice and go to the game. I don't know. What else are you going to do anyways? Well, I mean, I don't shoot, know. I'm going to watch... <laughs> Texans are playing tonight, and I guarantee you I'm going to watch that whole entire game. All right, so my first season with the team, I think it's never boring around these parts. Mm -hmm. uh, two recent trades, obviously acquiring Christian McCaffrey a little under two weeks ago, and then we saw Jeff Wilson at the NFL trade, trade deadline get sent to Miami. What are your initial reactions on both? Well, yeah, bringing Christian into the Niners. I mean, even when he first got in the league – Really, even when he was in Stanford, I thought he was a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. And just to finally see him in the offense and not only be like the only weapon, but so many different weapons surrounding him uh, is going to be really fun for the second half of the year. I think, you know, we talk about Kyle, a lot of people throw out he's like an off offensive genius and stuff. And people are like looking at it like, well, you know, then why don't they put 450 yards of offense and score 40 points a game out there? every single week and always kind of downplaying that. But if you look at what he is as an offensive play caller and also like a strategist, he's always the first one to kind of do different things. You know, you look at mm -hmm. Bo Samuel last year with, um, you know, the wide receiver playing the running back position, all the things that he did with him uh, the second half of the year last year. Uh, you think about what he used with Juice when Juice came here in 2017 and, you know, the fullback really becoming kind of hybrid skill player position um, he's ahead of the curve in a lot of different situations. And I think this is going to be a similar uh, scenario with, with Christian. He's going to have things that we haven't even thought about yet uh, for the second half of the year. Uh, you obviously saw what he, get, he did in his first, you know, real game. A lot of different, you know, and I think too, what's exciting is, is all the attention that he's going to draw um, when he does come out of the backfield. You know, I think there was a quote after the game last week of George's touchdown, he's like, I've never been that open in the red zone before because George is usually getting all that attention down there. And now you have a guy like Christian, you get Debo back when he comes back from the bye week um, from his injury. Uh, Brandon's playing unbelievable this year. I think this offense is going to be you know, really exciting uh, going forward. Jeff being traded, it's, it's a, I think it's a win-win situation. So you got kind of buried on the depth chart there when they added Christian. But Jeff, uh, he was always been one of my favorite teammates um, just because of his energy and the work ethic that he had when he was in the building um, from day one, too. I mean, he came in and it was just very evident that he had a, a desire to be uh, really good um, and almost great, you know, football player for the team. And he he filled every single role. He was he was a lot uh, a lot of similarities to how Raheem was uh, most are, you know, and I think. For him to go to a situation like Miami where he knows the system, knows the coach, um, they know what he can bring, not only, you know, special teams value, but also in the running back room and just what he brings to a locker room. I think it's a win for him. Uh, it's a win for the Niners because they get draft capital back, uh, get that fifth round pick. And um, so I think, you know, sad to see him go, but happy for him as an individual. Yeah, I think you'll be hard pressed to find anybody that's not going to miss him just because I saw so many goodbye and congratulations best wishes posts going up for him from the team from like pretty much everybody in the organization I saw yours too so yeah. saying that he was one of your favorite teammates mm -hmm. uh, McCaffrey obviously very unique skill set all round back does he remind you of anyone that you've blocked for throughout your career 
No, I don't think he's very unique as far as the ability to get out of the backfield, run routes. He's a, amazing. I mean, he'd probably be one of the top five, you know, slot receivers in the NFL if he just was a slot receiver. And I think you it really and Greg Papa want to turn him into a slot receiver. <laughs> well, uh, no, he can't because I mean, I think part of his yeah. actual ability is what he's able to do as a running back. Um, you know, it's been a while since we had a real home run threat. Um, from the running back position we're a guy that you know when i say like home run threat i'm not saying just like the guy that can go out there like raheem was that he's a guy that can run away um guys like frank gore who i think are you would block the play for two three yards and all of a sudden it would turn into a 25 30 yard play because of just his ability to see the field the ability to break tackles um, take creative angles to cut back lanes. Um, that's what made Frank really, really great. And I think Christian now offers that as a running back position. I mean, one of those plays that he had where he ran to the sideline and against the Ram, down to the one. I mean, those were two unbelievably vision plays to the backside. Yeah. Two amazing cuts to the backside of the flow of the defense. One against the linebacker, once on a safety. Um, you know, it's exciting what he can do as a running back, but then you couple it with what he can do as a slot defender, um, the ability to run routes, and then also pair him with Kyle, who's going to find creative ways to not only get him the ball, but get other guys the ball and manipulate you know, the attention that he gets from the defense uh, that next level. I'm excited for the second half of the season for literally yeah. every reason that you said. Um, so last season, this team fell to three and five before making a pretty crazy run to the NFC Championship. A little bit different this year, four and four. I think the key part of the record is that the team is undefeated in NFC West play. How big was that Rams win headed into the bye? And, you know, do you think we've just kind of seen really just the beginnings of what this team can do with Christian added in? Yeah, 100%. I think it was really, really key for them to win. Uh, I didn't think... Personally, I didn't think there was out that they were going to um, just because of the way they match up. Um, the Rams do not match up well with the Niners. I think the NFC Championship game, you know, unfortunately, bad timing for them to have a blip. But it's it, just the way they're built, their inability to run the ball. Uh, offensive line play is terrible on the Rams side. I thought the Niners were going to go into that game and definitely get back on track. Uh, I think what was most exciting, though, was just what you said about the way that they were utilized, Christian, also how quick he took to the playbook. Um, and I think, too, which is awesome is, like, you can see the confidence now that Jimmy has in himself, you know, as a quarterback this year with all the weapons that he has around him. He knows that he doesn't have to do anything special um, or out of, like, out of character of who he is as a quarterback. Um, and you see him playing really, really well. Um, you're going to get a lot of guys back from injury from the bye. Uh, I think guys are going to get refreshed, healthy. And I think, yeah, very similar to last year where they go and find their footing, they find their identity. Um, and that's one thing that Kyle's done a great job and the whole entire organization has done a great job of ever since Kyle's got there is being able to work season through season of what our identity is as a team and who we are and using adversity early on to not lose the team, but kind of catapult you to future success. All right, be honest, you kind of miss being out there. Wish you could no, get in on a few snaps. No, <laughs> no, not at all. There is zero desire to be on the football field anymore. Um, maybe if you body hurt too much. People, no, it's not even that. I just don't have the desire for it. You know, I just, 
I enjoyed my time playing football. It was a great time. And when it was over, it was over. And I don't have any kind of unfulfilled desire to be out there again, just because I know what I gave to it. I gave I gave everything I had to the game and uh, I don't have any, any regrets. Good. I love that. All right. So now the fun ones. These are the fan submitted questions. Jimmy from San Diego wants to know what's the worst weather conditions for a game that you've ever had to play in? Um, so I played in a bunch of unique situations, not unique, but, you know, bad weather games, the cold game we had in, in, um, green Bay was always talked about just cause it was like minus 19. That was not bad at all because you create a cocoon on the sidelines where it's just like actually feels very comfortable. And then when you're on the I'm field surprised. and you're, you're able to like keep your body core temperature up. So it's not really okay. shocking. The worst one, the one that I hated the most, though, we played a game at night game in, in New Orleans, or not New Orleans, um, New England against the Patriots in 2012. And it was like 33 degrees and pouring rain. I ended up finishing the game with icicles on my face mask because obviously it dropped below freezing yeah. throughout the game. But it was just annoying. The rain was so cold. It was windy. You couldn't really get warm because you were so wet. Um, that was probably the worst. Uh, just as far as like, I'm, I was really noticing the elements in that game. Manscaped is the official below the waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. We talked about this earlier, the Joe show. So Ray from Phoenix was a big fan. Where'd you get the idea for the show or how did it in general just start? It's, I don't even know how it started. I think, I think Scott Keegley, who at the time was running the video for the Niners back in like 2010, I think he just came to me one day and was roaming around the locker room and was going to ask me a question. And I think I might've just grabbed the mic and then just started like asking other people questions instead of him. He was like this, we could do this as a show. Like, do you want to do this? And I was like, sure, let's just do it. And so the next week we came in and actually shot a show. But one thing too about that I liked about it was that I never knew when I was going to do one. I never had any uh, questions asked. It was just Every once in a while, I would get a, I'd be in a good mood or I'd feel like it, it was the time to do it. And I'd just grab the microphone from him and be like, all right, follow me. Let's do a Joe show. And so I would just go around the locker room for like a half hour. I've only seen the one episode of the Joe show. And that was like, I think a later, it was a 2018 yeah. version of it. What did you have a favorite person that you interviewed on that? That was always down to down to play for that. Oh, um, I mean, a lot of favorite guys from back in the early days. So the later Joe shows were were good, great production value. Um, but, you know, because of the climate of today's social media world, um, a lot of stuff gets cut, you know, in the recent Joe shows. So they weren't as uh, authentic, I guess. And so maybe that's why I'm not, I didn't do them a lot uh, later on. But early ones... You know, like Vernon Davis was always hilarious because he was like very unintentionally funny, you know, because Vernon <laughs> really wanted to do like he would took it very serious and he wanted to present himself a certain way. And he would say things that were very 
unintentionally funny and <laughs> he would do stupid stuff and I would always try to get him on just because it was just a it was a, it was wild um they're like I loved like Anthony Dixon was hilarious just because he's a funny personality back in the day um Sean Hill was the guy that always ended every show um oh I he, like that he was very uh sarcastic we had a similar personality so he was fun and then when he left the team I tried to replace him with a lot of different guys and they never really quite fit just wasn't uh, the same um, but really it was just about uh getting people on there and you could tell immediately when you got them on if they were going to be fun or not because of how uncomfortable they got immediately when I put a microphone in their face so there's some guys that definitely have the uh natural ability to be sarcastic and um enjoy a conversation and then there's some guys that are very like nervous about cameras <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to go into our production files and see if it, I can unearth some of the oh, un, I've heard unshown footage. I've heard oh, it deleted. Yeah, it's, it's a that's sad, unfortunate. Sad I know. If you do find any, let me know. I know. I, well, I maybe we'll to see them too. We'll put together a uh, like a bloopers and uncut. <laughs> oh shoot! If you have that, I mean, that's a treasure trove right there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go looking for it. Uh, all right, so let's do one more. Craig from Manteca. Who were your locker mates, and do you have a favorite memory with them? Locker mates. Um, Obviously, they changed throughout the years. I'm assuming all the time. Um, I don't even remember. I have no idea who my locker mates were. Um, I think in the Super Bowl year, I was next to, uh, yeah, my last year, I was in, I was next to Emmanuel Sanders. Um, oh, that's a good was, guy to be next to. It yeah. was a great guy to be, but you could not find two guys that dressed more differently than me and Emmanuel. He, For game uh, day oh, stuff? Just every day. I mean, the guy came in with just a straight off the, you know, Fifth Avenue, everything designer, super, super clean to like, a Tuesday, just a, oh, a normal cool. Tuesday walking in at, at 9 p.m. or 9 a.m. with just, and I, I'm wearing sweatpants and three-day-old sweatshirt and a, a hat that's, you know, two sizes too small with some <laughs> rusted, I don't know why anything's rusted, but I'm wearing it <laughs> and it's, that's my, that's my life. Like if you look at our lockers, you come up and mine's like the mess, disgusting. It's just like Christmas thing. I'm trying to, uh, I don't remember anybody. I don't I, actually, I mean, I'm pretty bad with that. I don't have uh, any okay. memories. I was a roamer. That's what I was about to say. Angry. You were doing the Joe show. You were roaming. You were no, even when I wasn't. No, even when I wasn't, I was just roaming. I was just roaming around, seeing where the conversation, where the noise was coming from, uh, implementing myself into any little situation that I could. And um, yeah, that was more me and my style. And then when I got older, I got like, I need to get the hell out of the locker room and in the meeting room or just away from, I, I became a, a, a bitter old man. And uh, <laughs> like, I can't, not old. I can't relate to these in football years. Oh man, very old. You got a bunch of kids that are 22, 23 years old. And I'm like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I need to go hang out with the coaches, the people that are my age. <laughs> well, Joe, do you have uh, some parting words for the faithful for this second half of the season you want to leave us on? 
I do not know zero parting words. Uh, my parting word would be to just part as swiftly as I can. And I hope that you all enjoyed listening to my voice. You will never hear it again. I will never be around. Um, this is the last thing that I'm ever going to say about the 49ers in the future. And I bid you adieu. I'm pretty sure he's lying, guys. If you didn't pick up on the sarcasm there, there's nope. no way. No, there's no. I mean, no, that was a genuine, genuine truth that you've got the final interview. So, congratulations. wow, I'm yeah. I'm honored. Okay, well, Joe, I usually do the sign off, but since this is your goodbye to media, I yeah. think you should tell the people to listen to 49ers. You've got mail, and um, tell them you had a great time. Hey, everybody, this is Joe Staley. Uh, I wanted to just send the, the final message uh, that I have for everybody out there is the 49ers You Got Mail is just one of the top podcasts out there and everybody should really listen to it. It's, I mean, hard hitting questions. Um, the real, real behind the scenes of all your favorite 49er players from current to past to maybe people that wanted to be 49ers, but they couldn't because they weren't good enough because 49ers is the best franchise in the world. I hope you all have a great day. It was unbelievable being on this podcast. And bye. <laughs> For anyone that's still left, listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's it. <laughs> yep. Please listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Bye.